go to 1 Corinthians chapter 13, verse 1. We're going to talk tonight about prophet or prophet. And, and if you'll notice, they're both the same word, but one's capitalized and one's not. We're going to talk about the difference between a prophet and a prophet. And don't worry, it won't be boring. Thank you all for your enthusiasm. When I got born again, November 16, 1975, I came out of the world. I walked into a crusade where they were preaching the gospel with signs and wonders. Now, had it not been for those signs and wonders, I'd never gotten saved. I'd have ended up in jail or hell by now, and I'd never made it. But because that, there was a man there preaching, and he had a word of knowledge for me, and, and um, told everybody in the building what I just prayed to God, told me to stand up. There's 5,000 people in this building. And he pointed at me in the middle of 5,000 people and said, thus says the Lord, there's a young man sitting right by there who just said this to God. And i I like, well, I didn't, how'd you know that? I didn't know anything. And um, the anointing hit me. And I shook. I shook. If I if I'd known about tongues, I could have started talking in tongues. I I mean, the power hit me, and I wasn't Pentecostal. I was hippie. And I just stood there and shook and cried and wept and ran to the altar and got born again. And God did that for me. And um, Ernest Angley made a statement. He says, angels are moving through. I'll tell you, an angel poured hot molasses all over my head and shook all the devils out of me. And hadn't been for the gifts of the Spirit and Holy Ghost, I'd have never gotten saved. And I'd already been to church. I wasn't real impressed with church. So... So when we start talking about the gifts of the Spirit, this is not a side issue. I wished it, I wished it people wouldn't have made it a side issue. It's a massive issue. Yeah. Everything that we're supposed to be doing is supposed to be supernatural. Yeah. Everything. Now, now, I know that we live in a natural realm. One day I asked the Lord, I said, you know, I'd like to see a miracle. He said, well, just talk in tongues. Because you can't do that in the natural. You ain't nothing you can do. You realize how close you are to the supernatural all the time? Walking around supernatural. And so the church, when I grew up, Pentecostal churches were holy rollers. And they were all had wooden buildings on the outside of town. All denominational Christians had buildings on the inside of town made out of brick. And that's kind of what separated them. And so one of them were kind of like the, the dignified people and the undignified people. And so with the undignified people had the power of God. And so what I'm going to read tonight, um, I'm going to talk about the difference between a prophet and, a, and someone who prophesies. But before I get going here, there is a controversy, even still to this moment, about the charismatic movement. And, and if, if, it, if the people who disagreed with us would just say, I don't agree with tongues, or I don't agree with the gifts of spirit, I'd be fine. But when they say that what we're doing is Satan, yes. that's when you have to stop and go, listen, cowboy. And I mean, they're having massive conferences in some places in the U.S., primarily California. And, you, and the reason I'm saying this is because you guys would be amazed at when I'm preaching, the people that go home and go online to see whether I'm right or not, and how much trash is online exactly the opposite of everything that I believe or you believe. If you want to find a numbnut, you can find one. But why would you believe someone that's online 
Just because, I mean, does that, what, does that make them an expert because they're online? So, so it's amazing. Uh, we've had people that went online and looked up the prosperity cult, and they just left this church. They couldn't stand the fact that I was a, a part of a prosperity cult. And, and it isn't, it's almost like people have never learned to use their brains or either, or either open up the Bible and see what does it say. So I'm going to read to you, and I want to start with that right now, because, because if you come to a church like this, you're going to have relatives. And, here, and, the, and let me say this to you. Some of y'all's relatives are online, and I'm reading what they're writing. And they don't agree with you. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. I mean, I, I go around the room right now and point you out your relatives, what they're saying, and, and how they're posting. Love this guy. I love this message. I'm going on there, and I'm going, whoa, yeah. calling us a cult. That's not good. And, and they're your family. Yeah. Okay, thank you for y'all. So, so, so 1 Corinthians 13, 1, though I speak with the tongues of men and angels, and I do not have love. I have become a sounding brass or a clanging cymbal. And I'll tell you right now, amen. But it never was supposed to be either or. You're not picking between the Holy Ghost or love. Which one do I want, love or the Holy Ghost? Well, the love of God is shed abroad in your heart by the Holy Ghost. And so the more Holy Ghost you have, the more love you have, for all the people who are trumping up love, love, love. As a matter of fact, you can't love your neighbor unless you care enough to get him saved, and you may not ever get him saved if you don't know the Holy Ghost. Oh, y'all, did you get that? Did that make sense? Okay. Though I have the gift of prophecy and understand all mysteries, that's, that's a major statement, and have all knowledge. And I have all faith so I can remove mountains. And I have not love, I'm nothing. And though I bestow all my goods to feed the poor, and though I give my body to be burned, and I have not love, it profits me nothing. And then he goes in, love is patient, kind, is not envious, is, does not pray to itself, is not puffed up, does not act rudely, does not seek its own, not easily provoked, thinks no evil, does not rejoice in iniquity, but rejoices in the truth, bears all things, believes all things, hopes all things, and endures all things. Love never fails. Whether there's prophecies, they will fail. Now, the prophecies aren't failing, but there's going to come a day when they're all going to be done. Does anybody know when that will be? When Jesus returns, right? Well, we're going to get, now we, we got to stay on that right now for a minute. Stay there with me. Whether there are tongues, they'll cease, and they will. Whether there's knowledge, it'll vanish away. That doesn't mean all knowledge will disappear. It's just that you won't need a word of knowledge when Jesus is here. For we know in part and we prophesy in part. All right, verse 9 when it says we know in part, who is Paul referring to as we? Is he including himself in that? All right, now I'm fixing to read the rest of it. Now listen to me. If Paul said, I see through a glass darkly, Paul said, I see through a glass darkly, didn't he? Yes. All right, we're going to read it. How can when that which is perfect is come be the right, which is primarily the writings of Paul, be that which is perfect so that we don't need the Holy Ghost? 
I'm going I'm to let, let's, I, 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 I see you're looking at me like a dog in a new bowl. Let me read it to you. Okay. When that, okay, let me. For we know in part, we prophesy in part, but when that, 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 which is perfect is come, then that which is in part will be done away with. Now, now this is the main scripture for everybody who doesn't believe in the charismatic movement. Once we got the Bible in 60 AD, that is perfect. We don't need the Holy Ghost gifts. Well, I don't, I don't see that in there at all. You got to really get kind of wild to say, so do you understand that's a supposition? It isn't, now if Paul had written, in a few years when I get through writing the rest of the Bible, then we won't need this anymore. Paul didn't say that, did he? He said when that which is perfect has come. Well, honey, I got news for you. There's a lot more that we don't know. And if you think that this Bible makes everything perfect, well, then you haven't looked around lately. And we're going to talk about why we need the gifts of the Spirit because we have not been made perfect. We have in the Spirit, but not in the natural, have we? So, so and my next thing is, why would anybody spend hundreds of thousands of dollars to put on a seminar to say that, that the charismatic movement is gone. Let's pretend for a minute that we are emotional. And, and let's just say all the running and the jumping is excessive. Why would you spend money to prove that's not right? No, that's just stupid. There's a lot of junk in the world that you can be preaching on other than brothers and sisters in the Lord who jump and run when the sermons are being preached and, and making it a major move to stop these people from hollering during a service. You understand that? There's a lot of, there's a lot of stuff we could be preaching on. That, you know, but then to come along and say, it's satanic. People speaking in tongues is satanic. And I'm going, cowboy, you don't want to do that. I'm going to show you a scripture. Now listen to what I'm about to say. You need to, you need to, you need to warn your family members. It's very dangerous to call the Holy Ghost a demon. But that, that's, not even, that's not even cute. It's not even okay. Even if you don't agree with it, you need to just shut up. If you don't know whether it is or not, you, now, now, and I'm talking about getting up on stage and calling Benny Hinn demon-possessed. No, don't do, no, don't do that. Even if he was, isn't there kind of like a scripture, love your enemies and bless those who curse you? Amen. Okay. Just because you don't understand something in the Bible, you don't, you don't really need to go after a tooth and toenail. I mean, go after, go after abortion or something. Go after something profitable. Oh, man, my God. Okay. All right, now go to Acts um, 2.38. I want, I want you to read this because I want to show you this, what I just said. When Peter said to them, repent 
And every one of you be baptized in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ for mission sins to receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. Now, this is the gift of, of being filled with the Holy Ghost, speaking in tongues, because that's what was happening. For the promise is to you and your children, to many as the Lord our God will call, until 60 A.D. Go back to 39. What does it say? The promise is to you, your children, and to all that are far off, as many as the Lord our God will call. Nothing in there about it being done away with. You, you got to work real hard to try to make the charismatic move. See, I mean, I think it's okay if a person just wants to believe that Jesus came down the cross and that's, that, that's it. That's it. And they're going to die one day and go to heaven and we're going to be there and they're going to go, Jesus, why are these people in this cult here? And I think Jesus is going to look at them and say, well, they were asking me the same question why you're here. Do y'all understand there's no real reason to be trying to split the body of Christ up just because there's something you don't understand? Um, you can take script. See, if you want to prove a point, I can take any doctrine you want and take the Bible and prove it. I can take heresy and prove it. So can you. All you got to do is find a few scriptures, take them out of context, and away we go. There's all kinds of, you, you take the Bible and make it say anything. You know, the Bible says Judas hung himself. And another one said, go do likewise. That proves that we all leave tonight and go hang ourselves. Uh, see, I mean, you, you, if, if you want to take something, just anyway, never mind. I want to show you this other one real quick. Mark 3, 20. Mark 3, 20. Now, this is the scripture, and I'm going to show you this so that you'll know it's in your Bible. I just want you to see it with your eyes because you are going to hear it. There is a devil, and it's not your in-laws. You don't, you don't need to fight them. If they don't agree with you, just love them anyway. Don't worry about it. All right, 320. And the multitude came together so they could not so much as eat bread. And when his own people heard about it, they went out to lay hold of him, for they said, he, Jesus, is out of his mind. And the scribes who came down from Jerusalem said, he has Beelzebub, and by the ruler of demons, he cast out demons. Talking about Jesus. And he called them, and he says, how can Satan cast out Satan? Now, that's a good question. Now, the devil is dividing his own house up by coming into church and causing the devil to be full of the devil and casting out the devil. If, say, if a kingdom is divided against itself, that kingdom can't stand. If a house divided against itself, that can't stand. And if Satan has risen against himself, he's divided and can't stand, but he comes to an end. No one can enter a strong man's house and plunder his goods unless he first binds a strong man, then he'll plunder his house. Surely I say to you, all sins will be forgiven the Son of Man, and blasphemes that will be uttered. But he who blasphemes against the Holy Spirit never has forgiveness, but is subject to eternal damnation. They said it because he said he has an unclean spirit. Now, I don't, I don't, I'm not God, but, but when your relatives send you post on, on the charismatic movement, and they're starting to call Benny Hinn, you might want to send them that scripture and say, Honey, Hush. Don't get involved in this trash. To stand up and call, and I'm talking about calling Andrew Walmack, Kenneth, I mean, they're, they're, they're naming names. 
taken just everybody that's not them is a cult and from hell and Satan is ruling and reigning and we're a bunch of uh, emotional demon possessed people and that's Satan. That's, that's not something you want to say. If, if the Holy Ghost is healing people through Benny Hinn and you call it the devil, you might not want to die until you get things straight with God. Well, he said you'll never be forgiven. Are y'all out there or do you go home? So watch what you call. Now, now, let me make a statement to you about the charismatic renewal. I'm just gonna, you, you guys need to know this. The reason pastors don't allow the moving of the Spirit is because there's always flesh. Do y'all understand that? There's going to be somebody acting up in the flesh. Do you stop the move of God because Sister Yo-Yo is going up and down? Leave Sister Yo-Yo over in the corner. She's having a ball. She don't, she's not hurting anything. Are y'all okay? We had, a, we had a friend one time, Lisa and I packed up the boys and put them in a, the van and we drove to their house, which was in another state. And when we turned the boys loose out of the van, they went into the playground and they went nuts. They, three boys in a playground and they were making all kinds of noise. And this person says, can't you calm them down? And Lisa said, no, can't. Been cooped up in a van for X number of hours, and we're and we and they, I want them to sleep tonight. And so while they're out here, they're and they why don't you make a mind? We're in the playground, and they're boys. Hush, let them scream and holler and uh, uh, swing and get dirty. And uh, are y'all okay? I mean, and they you know you, you've been and we made a state. You've been watching Little Lord Fulton Royal way too long. Because you get, th- you know, three boys in a playground. Y'all just, they, they got out of that van and it looked like, whoo, baby. For the next hour, they were bouncing off and swinging in trees and everything. Well, what do you think church looks like sometimes? I'm sure there's people coming in and say, I think it's just time for me to have a Holy Ghost fit right now. You don't know what kind of victory they had. You don't know what's going on in people's lives. But now, wait a minute. Now, this was another thing they said. Now, listen to what they said. We can prove that you're not filled with the Holy Ghost because you're still carnal. If it was the Holy Ghost, y'all would act like Jesus. So go with me to 1 Corinthians chapter, is it 2 or 3? Chapter 3, verse 1. Let's go over there. Now, the Corinthian church was a wild church. Paul had to get on to them about their misuse of tongues, interpretation, speaking in tongues while the pastor was preaching. All kinds of wild things went on in the Corinthian church. Chapter 3, verse 1. I, brethren, could not speak to you as spiritual people, but as to carnal, 
as babes in Christ. I fed you with milk and not solid food. For in town and for until now you are not able to receive it. Even now you're not able. For there are still car- for you are still carnal. For there is among you envy, strife, and division. For you are not carnal and act like a mere man. Was this group carnal? Were they a bunch of tongue talkers? Were they Holy Ghost people? So the, so the idea that the minute that you get filled with the Holy Ghost and speak in tongues, if that is God, you would immediately become spiritual. Oh, I got news for you. I can tell you right now, that ain't happening. Matter of fact, when I got filled with the Holy Ghost, I was still a handful for years. And a few people say, I'm still a slight handful now. But I will tell y'all this, I have left, but I have not arrived. I wish that I could tell you that my love walk is impeccable. It isn't. I'm still working on the first word, love is patient. I'm still stuck right in patient. If you don't understand that, then you don't have children. I'll loan you a couple. All right, are you married? Or do y'all understand that? See, you're still carnal. So the, the proof, now I'm going to make a statement to y'all about myself, and, and I know that Sandy and Betty and people and Melanie that were here with me years ago, we were in the shopping center. We had some of the wildest Holy Ghost meetings. And I'm going to tell you the thing that got to me more than anything else was hearing about people coming to church, getting drunk in the Holy Ghost, and going home and fighting like cats and dogs. It it affected me because I had a wrong mentality about the move of God. I I said, how in the Sam Hill did you come to church and get filled with the Holy Ghost and then go home and then a week later you're getting a divorce? And if I had anything that I think caused me to draw back from the move of God, that it was my wrong perception that just because you speak in tongues and run aisles that you are somehow another mature. Because you're not. It may be a part of the maturing process, but honey, you, you can get up here and laugh your guts out and go home and get in a knockdown, drag out fight. And some of y'all are going, uh, 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 yeah, uh, well, you've been watching our, you've been, you've been, you've been what, what you've been doing, watching our house again, Pastor. All right. So that's all of the, all of the uh, disillusion men I wanted to cover. So go back to 1 Corinthians 12, 10, and let's talk about the prophet now. Why do we need this? Why do we need prophesying? Chapter 12, verse 1. Now concerning spiritual gifts, the word gifts is italicized. That means it's not in the original Greek. It actually says, now concerning things of the Spirit. I don't want you to be ignorant. Now, the reason why the, that I don't like the word gifts in there is because they're not all gifts. Everything he's talking about here it pertains to the Spirit, but not gifts. There's a lot of stuff in here that's not gifts of the Spirit. You know you were a, were a Gentile carried away to dumb idols, and therefore I make known to you, no one speaking by the Spirit calls Jesus a curse. No one can say Jesus is Lord, but there's diversities of gifts by the same Spirit. That there's differences of ministries, same Lord, differences of activities, same God. The manifestation of the Spirit is given to each one for the profit of all. 
For to one is given the word of wisdom through the Spirit, to another the word of knowledge, to another the same Spirit, to another faith by the same Spirit, to another gifts of healings. Last week we didn't get into that, but very often what you'll see manifest in somebody will you will rarely ever see one minister all healings manifest through him. You won't, you just won't see it. Kevin McNulty has a lot of deaf ears open when he's preaching. A lot of deaf ears. He walked into a bar in a, a foreign country, and a man came to him and says, "I have cancer." Can you, will you pray for me? So, so Kevin began to minister to him, and Kevin knew he needed a miracle for that man. But, but he doesn't get a lot of cancer patients healed. Kenneth Hagin got almost all cancer people healed, but rarely deaf and dumb people healed. Do you all understand? When you see people operating in the gifts of spirit, pay attention that you'll see one gift operating. So it says gifts, plural, Healings, plural. They're both plural. So Kevin McNulty says, do you, have, do you have anything wrong with your ears? He says, I'm partially deaf in one ear. He said, well, I'm going to pray for it, and God will open it. Because Kevin knows that everybody he prays for who's deaf gets healed. But not everybody he prays for with cancer gets healed. So he wanted to get a miracle under his belt for the guy. So he'd have a place of looking at him saying, did that work? Now, with me, I'll tell you about me more than anything else. I get everybody I pray for filled with Holy Ghost. I mean, I've pointed at people in a room and had them start talking in tongues. It's just, it, it's, it's supernatural. I know that. But it's just something that God uses me a lot. That's why I told you that when I go to Israel, I want to go get all of the soldiers filled with the Holy Ghost. I know they'll all be filled with the Holy Ghost. Now, if they're deaf in their ear, I'll pray for them. And if they got cancer, I'll pray. But I know they're going to get filled. I went to Russia one time, 500 people in a building. All of them instantly started talking in tongues. When I was preaching. When I was down in Haiti, 52 out of 53 men and women, power got day of Pentecost. Honest to God, guys, I, I, the first time I ever saw what Acts 2 looked like in my life. I'm preaching, and I said, we're going to pray. And when I did, the wind hit the building. <laughs> in the building, and I'm up there going, now be filled, and they all started talking in tongues, and, 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 it, and then after about two minutes, it died down, and people were just, kind of, and I'm watching them praying in the Holy Ghost, and the wind came back and hit them again, and these are street kids and Baptists and Methodists. These are not Pentecostal. They weren't. And they all jumped up like the Holy Ghost was orchestrating it, and they started dancing in the Spirit. Everybody in the room. Now, when, when that happens, you know it's God because they don't go to a church that they do that. And all of a sudden, all the students in the class got up and started dancing in the Holy Ghost. And that lasted like two or three minutes, and then it kind of died down. And then the third time it hit, I just sat down. It was pandemonium. 
They were spinning. It looked like the Blues Brothers. If y'all ever saw the movie, you know what I'm talking about? I mean, they were doing everything but cartwheels. They were jumping over desks. They were spinning, flipping, flying through the air, speaking in tongues. And I just sat down. I said, God, I, I, I don't know what to do with this now. I don't, I, I, I'm done. And I just sat down. And the Haitian uh, interpreter, he got up and started preaching like a wild man. And the people, anyway, but it was cool. So anyway, I, I just know that's kind of one of those gifts. Now, does that mean that everybody gets filled? Well, I've had people go, no, and it don't happen. All right. So, so let's read verse, um, let's go down to verse 10. It says, to another saint, but another working of miracles, to another prophesying, to another discerning spirits. So the Bible talks a lot about prophesying. Um, in 2.10, it talks about people prophesying and I want you to look at 1228 going down and it says God appointed these in the church first apostles second prophets now the second one is the ministry of a prophet and the first one are people who are prophesying and they're not the same now because of that there's a lot of confusion even among Pentecostals and Charismatics, because we've got a lot of people who prophesy in church and the devil's convinced them they're a prophet. And, they, and I have to sit them down and real sweetly tell them to, you know, cool, cool your jets, baby. So, so because they don't know, and then once they have a, you know, a prophetic utterance in church, everybody wants a word. And they start giving them and, and, and I have no idea how many marriages have taken place in the prophetic realm in church before it begins. You're supposed to marry this person and you're not supposed and all that. And I'll tell you something, if, if, you, know, if you have a, a, a pretty girl coming in and a cute little boy, I, I'm sure that the spirit of you, a prophet, comes all over you think they should get married. <laughs> They're cute and now you're a prophet. Now you know why I'm preaching on this. We're going to go here for a few minutes about the difference between the simple gift of prophecy and you telling people how to run their lives. Amen. All right. We're going to go down this road. Okay. 1 Corinthians 14.1, pursue love and desire spirituals, but especially that you may prophesy. God says, I want you to prophesy. I want all of you to prophesy. He who speaks in a tongue, now he's talking about speaking in tongues in a public service, is not speaking to men, but to God. For no one understands him, however, in the spirit, he's speaking mysteries. Now that means that if we all got in here right now and started talking in tongues, we'd all get edified and we would all be praying. But when we left, no person other than you building yourself up in your most holy faith would be edified. But now when a word comes, a prophetic utterance comes forth. So let me ask you this. If we have a Bible, why would you need a prophecy if the prophecy is always going to be scriptural? I mean, it's not going to be a word that's not in the Bible. The simple gift of prophecy is always going to be scriptural somewhere. Why would God cause someone to prophesy scriptural truth in a church service when there's a Bible laying in your lap. 
You're nodding your heads, but I ain't hearing nothing. Why would he do it? Because a prophecy is a now word. You got a whole Bible in your lap. But there are times when God is talking to you. Let me give you an example of what I'm about to say. When I first got born again, I walked into that charismatic church on Tilly Mill Road. And this is when I first started learning about tithing. And it bothered me. Do you tithe on the net or the gross? Do y'all remember going through that when y'all first got saved? Because, you know, you don't want to give the preacher any more money than you got it. So, so I'm sitting in church, and I remembered I'm about the fourth row back, and the worship service is going on, and they're going to take up an offering, and, I'm, and I am really having a fight with how much money to give the pastor. $12.50, I made $125 a week. Or about, you know, the 98, $9.80 <laughs> after taxes. And so I'm, I'm sitting there and a lady in front of me with a, with a you know, old line Pentecostal, they wore those little scarfs on their head. And they're, you know, you know, their buns pulled back so tight it pulled all the wrinkles out of their face. And she starts speaking in tongues. And another lady, then she interprets it. Thus says the Lord, just go ahead and give what's in your heart. I want to bless you. If you give a little, I'll bless you. If you give a lot, I'll bless you. It's according to you, says the Spirit of God. Now understand, I saw the Scripture in the Bible. I got the Scripture in the Bible. I got a Bible in my lap. But right there, I had the Holy Ghost talking to me in a church service because I'm having a problem over $2. <laughs> and, and, and so this prophecy came forth, and it was for me, and I tithed on the lesser. It took me a few weeks to kick in the other two bucks. I had to go home and learn Luke 6, 38, give and it shall be with the measure you eat, the measure. But why did the Holy Ghost, why would God have someone do that when, when there is a Bible in my lap? Because I read it, but you know, I'm like, ah. But when some woman with a bun prophesies in front of me, then I'm thinking, oh, you got to be listening right now God and so that is why you need the gifts of the spirit because sometimes you come to church and even though you know this scripture the devil's going yeah but what about that scripture then you're going yeah but what about that and you're sitting there confused out of your mind and someone starts prophesying and answers your question and that is why it's for us today it's a now word. It's not a new word. It's not something that's not in your Bible. It's not go to Africa, says the Lord. It's not direction. All right. You ought to look at yourself and see how hard it would be to preach to you. Fourteen three. he who prophesies 
speaks edification, exhortation, and comfort. There is nothing in there about who you're supposed to marry. Then you have profiliers. All right, I'm going to read this to you because I want y'all to get this. I want y'all to get this. Edification, this is the definition, a building up in a moral and religious sense, improvement and progress of the mind and knowledge or faith and holiness. Exhortation, to encourage, to embolden, to cheer you on, to advise, to give strength to, and give advice. Comfort, to administer comfort or consolation, to give strength, support the mind, to give ease, to alleviate misfortune or distress. Nothing in there about who you're supposed to marry. The simple gift of prophecy is an exhortation in the spirit realm given to the body. Now, there is nothing in your Bible about personal prophecies. I'm going to show you one in a minute. I'm going to show you one, but, but I'm talking about in the church service. The reason that I don't allow personal prophecies in this church, there's probably some people that are good at it. But, I, but how can I judge what you're saying when I can't hear what you're saying? Now, if you're going to screw up people, go someplace else and screw them up. It is very difficult to unravel people's brains after a, a prophet has walked up and started prophesying over them. And they were confused when they came in. And now they're twice as confused because now God is telling them to do something and they hate what he said. Because we have an overzealous numbnut running around wanting to give people personal words of knowledge. Now, sometimes it, it's, it's great. I mean, sometimes it is. There are people that, that, that are really know God, and they walk up and say, the Lord just told me to tell you that he loves you, cares about you. And, you know, there's just a word. The Lord showed me there's something wrong with your back, and we're going to pray for you right now. And you go, oh, thank you for that. And, and you know what? You don't want to stop that. But, but, you'd, but you'd be surprised at how many people I got to try to convince that you don't, that you don't, they're not a prophet. Now, here's the other point. The baby Christians, they think that because you prophesy, you're mature. And I happen to know that we got people prophesying in this church that can't find their way out of the building. And I don't want to stop you from prophesying. We had a lady one time that came to this church, and she had one of the most beautiful uh, prophetic ministries. She would prophesy, and she said things. I know she didn't know where they were in the Bible, and, and I love to hear her prophesy. And we had a lady came in right after that a minister and told her to shut up, and she quit coming to church and just, you, you know, it, don't come in here and start telling my people what to do. Anyway, um, but, but I knew that she was prophesying beyond her own knowledge of the Bible, and she was always accurate, and I always enjoyed hearing her give out a word because it was always so sincere and so God, and she was stepping out in faith and obeying God, and someone discouraged her, and she just completely quit. Now, the devil will attack you one way or the other. 
So, so you've got to understand that, that, that as long as we have the gifts, there's going to be the misuse of it also. So here's what I want to tell you. If someone gives you a word and it doesn't bear witness with your heart, throw it away. That's a human talking to you. And I'm going to tell you another story. One, it was a Wednesday night, and it's been, it's been uh, I'd say, five, six, seven years ago. I walked in here, stood up right here, and there's a lady sitting right there next to where Leslie's sitting. And, and the Holy Ghost gave me a word for her. And, I, and it was such a wild thing. I thought, oh, this, I hope this is you, God, because this is crazy. Whenever you're battling, is this God, is this not God, it's, that's usually God. That's how you know that you have a word because you're going, is this me or God? Is this me or God? Is it? That's a sign. It's God. So I walked up to the lady and I said, I, I have a word for you if you'll take it. But if this doesn't bear witness with you, would you do me a favor and throw it away? Now, why would I do that? Why would I not? I'm the pastor of the church. That's a word. Take it. Because, <laughs> honey, I'm a man. I am an imperfect. By the time God gets through giving me a word and filtering it through me, it ain't no telling what it looks like. <laughs> how much of that was me and how much of that was God. Right. And you, you can't be so proud that you run around acting like you are Jesus himself. So I looked at her and I said, this is the word. You won't recognize your husband in a week. Now you might think, well, that's a stupid thing to say. She got mad at me. She looked at me and she said, that makes me mad. I said, okay, throw it away. She goes, oh, no. She said, I was getting, I'm going down to divorce him in the morning. I've had it with him up to here. Now, see, I know nothing about her. So she knows that's God. Within a week, he was born again, filled with the Holy Ghost. Now, that's what it's for. Now, that, I didn't give her direction, did I? I just looked at her and said, you won't recognize your husband in a week. He'll be a new man. I get this kind of a word of knowledge, a word of wisdom, a prophetic word all at the same time. And we'll get into that in a minute. That's what the gifts are for. They, they encourage you. They help you. I, I had a prophecy, Lisa, and I forgot to bring it. When Mark Hankins prophesied over Lisa and I, I want you all to know that I had, I think it was Betty Lowe's, wrote it down for me. Listen, listen why. Because what he said, I had been in prayer for at least two to three months over an issue, and he gave me the answer in a prophetic word. Now, now, here's why. I can now use that prophecy to war with it. Because before that, I was like, oh, do I, no, nah, God, no, that. I'm, and, I'm, and I'm not going after this thing God wants me to do full force. But when he gave me that word, I went, that's God, let's rock. And so I'm having to read that prophecy to myself over and over because it was a now word for me. He didn't tell me to divorce Lisa and marry someone else. Look at 1429 and then let's jump. 
Let two or three prophets speak and let the others judge. How are you going to judge something if you can't hear it? Are you all out there? Now, does Mary Friend give out personal prophecies? Actually, if you'll ever listen to her, she's not giving someone direction. She's not telling them what to do. She's just letting them know that God knows where they are and might they make an adjustment, but it's always something that he's already talking to them about. I said always. Always. Now, go to Romans 8, and I'm going to show you this. Now, I, I'm going I'm to tell you another one that I, the Lord gave me. He's prompting me right now while I'm preaching. Right after I got born again, they had a ministry in Athens called Maranatha. Does anybody remember Maranatha, the campus, campus ministry? Yeah, other people do. Well, they kind of asked me to leave because I came in with two daughters. And it was a student ministry. It wasn't a family ministry. And they don't have babysitters in Maranatha because it's all college kids. Yeah. But, but one night, right after I got born again, I'd really seeking God. I'd been saved like three or four months at this time. And I'd heard about a campus ministry, a charismatic campus ministry. And so um, when they rented an, an old house on the campus, an old fraternity house, and they had a meeting in the living room with about 20 students right in the living room, all crammed in there. Old, um, uh, late 1800s, early 1900s, Georgia, two-story, big white columns in the front house. And so I come walking in, and they're already in worship mode, and the speaker uh, is a prophet and he's up there, and the minute I walked in, he said, Sir, please turn around, I want to say something to you. Now, this was something that helped, that helped me. He said, There is a call on your life. You are called. But I'm going to say to you right now, says God, do not look for teachers. I will teach you personally myself. I will make sure that the men that are going to teach you are there when you need to hear them. Do you understand me, son? Now, now that I could have found that in the Bible, but, but boy, did I ever need to hear him say that to me because after that, I decided to quit running around the meetings trying to find somebody to teach me the Bible, and that's when God led me to Ramah. And I've had the best Bible teachers in the world. And I'm going to tell you something else. Because of that prophecy, listen to what I'm going to say. I don't seek friendships with ministers that God doesn't want me in friendships with. Not that they're bad. Do you understand? Not everybody is going to doing the same thing I'm doing, the going the direction that I'm going. I don't want, God brings me the friends he wants me to have. Lisa and I are very close with Mark and Trina, and we're very close with Mary Fran. And he brings friends. I had one minister I tried to build a friendship with, and uh, I couldn't even get in a room to meet him. And I tried for months. I mean, everything stopped it. God was like, I don't want you to have a relationship with him. Not, not that he's not a Christian, but he's a complete different ball of wax than I am. 
and he doesn't want that. This guy is going that direction, and I'm going that direction. I'm the Marine. He's the Army, and I'm sorry those are we're not doing the same thing. And so God said, I don't want you in that environment. I, that's his environment, not yours. Stay away from him. I don't want that relationship. So the people that God has put me around, we're all like-minded, and yet the relationships I have are supernatural. I didn't, I didn't do anything to make them happen. I never tried to get to know Dad Hagen personally, never tried, never went out of my way to try to get to know someone and get them to like me. There are people out there who don't like me. There's a minister here in Central Florida, I won't tell you who it is. He's not a Ramograd. He's not a Ramograd. And he came to me one day and says, how come Ramograds don't like me? I said, brother, they don't like me either. <laughs> I don't know where we got the idea that we're going to start a church and everybody's just going to call you on the phone. We love you. We love you. We love you. Listen, pastors are sometimes either very busy or very insecure. And they're scared to death of you. Now, here's the two kinds of people they don't like. People who have less than them because they're smarter than they are. They don't want to hang around with a nobody. And people who have more than them because they're intimidated. So they don't have any friends at all. I just told you the truth. and you just Pastors are people. And sometimes you got to go, God, help him, help him, help him. Hallelujah. Somebody asked me one time, I went down to South America. And um, I'm going to be a guest speaker in a church of 1,500 people. And um, the, the pastor was from Venezuela. It was down in Venezuela. And, uh, the, but the pastor's wife was from England. She's English. And she said, how many people you got in your church? I said, about 7 billion now, I didn't answer her question because she's going to peg me based on the size of my church. And I'm, I, I, know, I know I'm smarter than her and her husband and everybody she knows. She needs, you need me to preach in your church, darling. Because you, any, listen, you can go to Venezuela and go down and just start a church and say Shondai and you get a thousand people. Now, have an American church we are a phenomenon. Most American churches are 80 people. To have 350, you know, is phenomenal. Having 1,000 is like the number. But uh, that bothers me a little because, you know, there are people like Mac Hammond who have large Holy Ghost churches, but most of them are not. Most of them went straight to the Baptist to learn how to grow a church. And they ran the Holy Ghost out. Now don't, don't get mad at me for saying that. Lynn, don't get mad at me. I love you. Baptists are good people. But, but there are people, all they want is, is the two amens and, an, and a hallelujah and go home. They don't, want, they don't want what you got. Amen. Okay. All right, so let's talk about, let's talk about what a prophet is for a minute. Romans 8, I told you this, as many, Romans 8, 14, as many as are led by the Spirit of God, they're the sons of God. God is not going to use someone to lead you. I'm going to say that again. 
You quit looking for a person to lead you. Even though Lisa and I are friends with Mary Fran, I don't, I never go visit her with the idea she's going to give me a word. As a matter of fact, I have one friend who's a prophet. And I have told him, I don't want a word. Hush. I need friends. Well, don't tell me what's going on. I'm fixing to tell you what's going on. And I don't want a word. I want a friend right now. Just, I, don't, I, I, already, I can be led by the Holy Ghost. Now, when Mary Fran or someone does give me a word, it's always something God is already talking to me about. I'll tell you a word she gave me one that made me mad. Oh, gosh, she made me mad. You know, and I think Betty knows this and other people that were in the other church. She, Mary Fran looked at me. She says, you need to get back to praying like you used to. And I said, Mary Fran, I pray. She said, you know what I'm talking about. I went, yes, ma'am. <laughs> well, I was praying. But there's praying and there's praying. Now, if you don't understand that, come Monday night, and the ladies will teach you the difference. So, so we are a people that are led by the Holy Ghost. God didn't put prophets in the body of Christ to tell you what to do with your life. You want to know what to do with your life, you go talk to your father. And let, let God, through the gifts of the Spirit, minister to you if he wants to. If he doesn't give anything, he just trusts you. Okay, thank you for your enthusiasm. All right. All right. A prophet is a seer. Now, there's another scripture here in the book of Acts, and I don't know whether I even wrote it down or not. Eh, that makes me mad. Now I got to find it. Okay, Acts something or another. Let's find it. Let's find this scripture. Okay. Huh? It's when, it's when um, Agabus comes and ministers to Paul. Do you know where that is, Lisa? Ask Google. Google knows everything. Okay, here it is, Acts 21. I asked the Holy Ghost. He's faster than Google. Let, let, let's, that's a joke. There was an old woman on Facebook saying, Google, Google this, and it was funny. Acts 21, listen to this. It came to pass when we departed, we went and set sail and went straight to course to Croas, following the day to Rhodes and from there to, Pat, to Patera. Finding a ship sailing over to, to um, yeah, we went aboard. And, I know that word. We went straight to Cyprus and passed on the left, sailed around Cyrus and Tyre, and the ship was unloaded her cargo. And finding disciples, we stayed seven days. They told Paul, through the Spirit, don't go to Jerusalem. Now, I don't know what to do with that scripture because from what I'm about to read to you. But it is in the Bible that they did tell Paul, don't go to Jerusalem. When they had come to an end of those days, we departed and went our way. And they all were accompanied with wives and children till we were out of the city. And we knelt down and sh on the shore and prayed. And when we had taken our leave for another, we boarded the ship and returned home. And they returned home. And when they had finished our voyage from Tyre, we came to someplace and greeted the brothers and stayed with them one day. On the next day, we were in Paul's companion to depart and came to Caesarea. We entered the house of Philip, the evangelist, who was one of the seven and stayed with him. Now, this man had four virgin daughters who prophesied. 
That means that they operated in what we call the simple gift of prophecy. Now, the simple gift of prophecy does not make you a prophet. Now, let me make a statement to you here. If you're going to be a prophet, all of the ministry gifts are primarily preachers or teachers. The apostle is a preacher or a teacher. Prophet is a preacher or a teacher. An evangelist is a preacher or a teacher. A teacher is a teacher. A pastor is a preacher or a teacher. So the primary gifting on all of those ministries is a pulpit ministry. If God didn't put you in a pulpit, you're not a prophet. Now that may upset you. I don't care how deep you think you are if you're a deep sheep. I said that because I'm going to say this to y'all. It, it, it's a little concerning me when people walk up and they have a word for me. First of all, I'm going to tell y'all something. God will never use a buck private to send message to the captain. Let's learn this right now. He's not using you to give me a word. If he does, he's out of order. That's why I have friends like Mary Fran, Mark Hankins. God uses ministers to minister to ministers. Now, there may be a prophecy come forward for the whole body, and I may go, oh, that's good. Praise the Lord. That's good. But I'm talking about a personal word. Now, here's the other thing. Just because you want to be Mary Fran doesn't make you Mary Fran. So you'd be surprised at the things people, Pastor, the Lord has showed me you're going to be in a wheelchair this time next year. Now, let me tell you something, you numb nut. God would never give a prophecy that the devil's going to cripple me. So you understand, I have to look at the person and rebuke them. I bind you, foul devil, in the name of Jesus, right in their face. Sometimes I'm kind and just go, ah, just be quiet. It's, it's, it's disconcerting. I'm thinking, dear Lord, this person's running around my church. Why would God, do you understand I'm redeemed? God is not going to take, if I'm redeemed from the curse of the law, that God's not going to use you to tell me that I'm going to be in a wheelchair. Amen. That's How stupid and suck air. And I'm going to tell you, there's all kinds. I, I've been prophesied by people. Now listen to these. Number one, I have been prophesied that I'm an apostle. I've been prophesied over that I'm a prophet. I've been prophesied over that I'm an evangelist. I've been prophesied over only once that I was a pastor. And I've been prophesied over that I'm not called shut up and sit down. <laughs> by people. Now, if I didn't know God, can you imagine how confused I would be? Do you know the number one prophecy I get that I'm an evangelist? Because I preach. Just because I spit cotton doesn't make me an evangelist. And three or four of them that were wrong were well-known ministers. But it didn't bear witness with my spirit, nor he said, take that church. And I told him no, 
and he wouldn't let me leave. And, and, and I've been trying to leave ever since. But no, they have not found anybody to take my place yet. And I'm just. But the Lord says, you t- when we, I was with, in Haiti. Melanie was there. We were on the island of Laganov. And the Lord said, when you get home, they're going to ask you to pastor you the next pastor. I want you to take that church. Now, I only had one guy ever prophesy that I'm a pastor. And that was in Tulsa. And I rebuked him. I want to tell you about this guy. I called him Applesauce because he preached a sermon about Applesauce. He came to me one day. Y'all want to hear a crazy story. This has nothing to do with my sermon. He said, Daryl, I'm having a problem. He said, I work at a get-and-go. Do y'all know what a get-and-go is? It's like an up-and-win or an in-and-out or a golden pantry or a 7-Eleven here. Y'all know what I'm talking about. Y'all know what I'm talking about. And he says, every time people come in, they want prayer, and I lay hands on them, they fall out in the power. In the store. He said, and they're threatening to fire me. I said, well, quit praying for people. Or go in the ministry. But he had a definite call of God on his life, and he's going, brother, can I pray for you? Reach up and lay hands. He's got a people coming in, buying, you know, Coca-Cola and a sandwich, and they're laying in the power, speaking in tongues by the thing. Anyway, his name was Applesauce. He's the one that gave me that prophecy. And I never met him again because he's the only one that was right. All right, let me finish reading this. And we stayed many days, and a prophet named Agabus came down from Judea. And when he came to us, he took Paul's belt, bound his own hands and feet, and says, Thus says the Holy Ghost, So shall the Jews at Jerusalem bind the man who owns this belt and deliver him to the hands of the Gentiles. Now when we heard these things, both we and those that, had, that placed them with it to go up to Jerusalem, and Paul answered, What do you mean by weeping and breaking my heart? For I am ready not only to be bound, but die at Jerusalem for the name of the Lord Jesus. And when they would not be persuaded, he sees and says, Listen, thy will be done. And then Paul went to Jerusalem, and that's exactly what happened. Now, you have to decide whether Paul disobeyed God. I'm not going to tell you which one. Because the Holy Ghost said, this is what's going to happen. But Agabus didn't tell him to go or not to go. He looked at him and said, this is what's going to happen to you when you get to Jerusalem. Now, there are times the Holy Ghost will warn you about things that are coming. The Holy Ghost will show you things to come. And there will be people, and usually it'll come through a prophet. I'm going to do one more and we'll close. Do y'all remember the night, the day that Louis Iazari was here, sitting right here? Mary Fran walked up to him, and, to him and said, there are those, I see that you carry a gun. Now, a, a prophet is a seer. They see things. So she says, I see you carry a gun, and there are those who would take your life, but I bind it in Jesus' name. She was seeing the next night when someone was going to shoot him. His buddy got shot. Now, why would God allow the buddy who's a Christian to get shot and Louie not to? The Lord didn't. If his buddy had been in church or if someone had used the name and taken authority over it, but she saw something the devil was doing and bringing it to him to take his life, and she stopped it. She didn't prophesy that he had married the wrong woman. I keep going over that because you'd be surprised at how many people prophesy marriage. I'm the only one ever prophesied by marriage and I got it right. 
I won't tell you who it was either. Do y'all understand this? So there is a definite difference. I want y'all to understand something. When the simple gift of prophecy is operating in this church, and I'm believing God, we're going to start praying and believing God for the gifts of the Spirit. They they operate the first Sunday night of the month in here, and people stand up. And but I, but but I, I'm gonna say this one thing. And we'll close. If I say I want you guys to start praying about the gifts of the Spirit, primarily it'll either be prophecy, tongues and interpretation, or a word of knowledge, word of wisdom. Those are the common ones. What will end up happening is right in the middle of a service, during a worship service, we're out worshiping God. You'll have something. Or Sunday morning. Just raise your hand. Sometimes I'll let you go ahead so that you have the joy of being used by God. But most of the time, you're going to pick up what the Holy Ghost is telling me. But I'm just going to let you take off. Now, don't be afraid of messing up. We've all messed up. But if I allow this to start going on, when you have people coming in off the street, thus says the Lord, this church is a cult. The ushers are going to haul them out and call the police. (laughs) Betty, were you in the meeting that night that happened over in the shopping center? The guy came into a prayer meeting and started prophesying over us that we were a cult. And thus says the Lord, all all of y'all are going to hell and all that stuff. And I just looked at him. I said, sir, we're calling the cops, and we're going to put you in jail for disrupting a service. Would you do that in a nanosecond? I'm sorry that you did not understand that a pastor has a, a, um, a rod and a staff. One of them's for the sheep, and the other one's for the wolves. If you're a wolf, I will bust your head. <laughs> you want to hear another one? I, I'm, I'm out of time. We had a guy came in one night, and, he, and his father was a Satanist high priest. And the Lord gave me a word of knowledge. This is a Satanist in your church service. And I walked up to him, and he said, my father. And I knew who he was talking about. My father this, my father that. And I looked at him, and I just stopped talking about his earthly dad for a minute. And I said, I want you to understand something, son. My father beat your father down in hell. And you will do nothing in this service. Do you understand me? And he said, yes, sir, I've already found that out. And I said, you can be excused. Amen. And nobody understood my conversation. That I was dealing with a Satanist high priest. And they turned around and walked out and never did another harm in this church. That's why you don't walk around and say, that pastor, he just said something mean. Something. Just shh. Are y'all out there? Okay, I, bop, I have to bop their heads. Now, it don't happen a lot. But when you have a service where you attract, when the gifts of the Spirit start operating, you're, we're going to attract fruitcakes. Y'all understand that? And you can't. You know, people make fun of Rodney Howard Brown's meetings and people barking like dogs. Let me tell you something. You're going to have, in, in every Christmas, there will be fruits and nuts and flakes. Yes. There will be fruitcakes coming in the building. There will, it's Christmas. We will have fruitcakes. Okay, when you have the gifts, there's going to be fruits. Y'all understand that? No, you don't. You don't say, well, that church is a false prophet. 
because I let them run. I say, well, if you're going to run and make circles, just run right back there and grab that flag and spin around it a few times and climb that wall over there and then just leave everybody else alone. Because the baby Christians don't understand. That's my mother-in-law, you know, and I'm just going to, your mother-in-law can go over there and <laughs> raise Cain and we're going to have church. So, amen. Does this help you all a little bit? Father God, thank you for the opportunity to come into a church and learn the truth. Father God, we have a desire in this church to see a lot more of the return of the gifts of spirit. And I believe one of the reasons that we're preaching on this is because we're going to see an increase in the, in the, in the demonstration. Father, I'm going to begin teaching this church how to step out in faith and operate the gifts of the spirit. I'm going to show them when to do it and when not to do it and how to operate. I'm going to trust that as we turn this through, I know you want your church back, and I know you want the gifts operating, and I think it would be beneficial in this church for things to happen like happened to me at Landmark when that woman stood up and prophesied and helped me out in that service. That was a word for me. And I think that's for all of us. And I, and I thank you for the gifts of the Holy Ghost and primarily tongues, interpretation, prophecy, word of knowledge, word of wisdom. It's for the edification of this body so that the people in this church will be edified and comfort and exhorted in the things of God. We, we thank you for the gifts of healings. We thank you for the working of miracles, discerning of spirits. And Father, we thank you for all of these gifts in our midst. And we trust you that as they begin operating, that, that we will stay decently and in order and do things correctly. And we thank you for that, sir, in Jesus' name, amen. Thank you for listening to this powerful message by Pastor Daryl Morgan. We hope it blesses you. If you would like more info on Word of Life, sermons, and free downloads, please go to wordoflifeapopka.com. Thank you and have a blessed day.